Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving, goal-oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 154, Interview with Client Claire. Oh my gosh. Hello, hello, hello. I am so excited for you all to listen to this interview that I just did with my client, Claire. Claire is a total badass. She has been inside my coaching program for 13 months and she shares her journey, what she was, how much she was drinking before, how the pandemic was affecting her and her relationship with alcohol before joining the coaching program. And she has so many insightful things to share about how she does the work, how she's changed her life and how much she is drinking now. So you don't want to miss it. Thank you so much for coming on, Claire. Hi. Hi. So I introduced Claire before we got going here um, during the podcast episode today, but Claire has been one of my clients. You just started like 15, is it like around 15 months now? It's uh, a year and a month. A year and a month, yeah. So you're on like your third round of coaching. I'm on my third round. (laughs) Which is so amazing. I love your commitment and dedication to it. But Claire joined, just like she said, about a year ago. And I just want to like help you all see Claire's story. So Claire obviously has had a lot of growth. And she actually asked me if she could come on the podcast because she had listened to some of the other women who I've had on the podcast in the past, like even before she joined. And she wanted to be like one of them. So you want to tell me a little bit about that, Claire? Um, Yeah, so it was one of my um, six month goals in this third round um, was to be I wanted to be one of Angela's role model clients, a success story. And um, I got coached last week on something else. And I told Angela that that was one of my goals. And she was like, okay, that's it. It's done. So um, she asked me today if I'd be on the podcast. And I said, yes, I would. I would love to. I'd love to share my story with others and hope that I can inspire them. It's so awesome. I love that that it's coming full circle for you. Like we just talked about this before we press record, but the fact that you weren't one of those women when you were listening uh-huh. to the podcast yet, but you wanted to be your a success yes. story. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, what is it like for you now to be that woman who has accomplished so many of your goals around your relationship with alcohol and more? Um, it's, it's, it's amazing, actually. Um, my experience in the program, I've, I feel like I've taken little baby steps throughout the program. Um, which was perfect for me. But to look back on where I was a year ago, really, it was a year ago, Mm. um, and see all the growth and all the challenges um, that I've set for myself and goals that I've set for myself. And now I can say that this is one of the goals I said I wanted. And I can sit here um, and just be very proud of myself and everything that I've been able to accomplish. It feels amazing. And I swear to God, I never thought it would happen. I love it. So but let's go it back. Let's go back in time a little bit and tell them a little bit about 
what you were struggling with when you, right before you joined the program, like what was happening for you? Um, okay. So, um, I have been a, a drinker pretty much my whole life. Um, I even met my husband in a bar. And so, you know, daily drinking was just a part of our lives. I mean, we would just, you know, drink wine and, you know, whatever, wine or beer or whatever, but it was always a part of our life and our relationship. And, um, uh, my husband and I had got to the point, I've said this, I know I've said this before, where we actually decided we were going to do booze-free Mondays, which was like, that was like a big thing. Like, wow, we really thought we were like really accomplishing mm. something with this booze-free Monday. But um, then the pandemic happened and, um, you know, everybody was working from home and I was working from home and I was very, very scared about everything that was going on and uh, my drinking had just increased mm. um it was already you know pretty heavy as it was but then it was like you know probably two extra glasses of wine on top of that mm. um and so that scared me and i felt very out of control mm. and i was very very scared and um what were you scared i think of, i had you scared my, about the pandemic or your fear around how much both, you were drinking both above yeah well, the pandemic made me drink more. And then I woke up one morning, I think it was like, a, a, I don't know, I think it was maybe a Sunday or a Monday. And I looked back and I was like, I think I had even bought like one of those giant bottles of wine that was like actually two bottles of mm -hmm. wine. Mm -hmm. And I think I had drank that whole entire thing by myself. And I was like, oh shit, mm -hmm. this is bad. And I just didn't see any way out. I mean, I just felt like I would be slipping further and further down into that hole. And then I got really scared about that. Mm. So that's when I Googled you, not you, but I Googled, you know, there's got to be an easy way. There has to be an easier way to do this. Mm. Um, I didn't identify myself, you know, as an alcoholic, but I did realize that I had a problem. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, we talked and I think I got on the very first coaching call that Monday night and yeah. I told my husband what I was doing right off the bat. So I was honest with him about that. Mm -hmm. um, my goal was never to quit drinking. Um, my first uh, my first goals in the first six months, they weren't very grandiose. I'll have to tell you that I wanted to um, have three booze free days mm -hmm. and I wanted to reduce my wine intake by I think it was uh, two less glasses than I was already drinking, you know, or maybe it was one less glass. It wasn't a big, it wasn't a lot. And I said, if I can do these, these things, I would be very happy and consider myself a success. Yeah. That uh, is, I mean, I don't think you should diminish that goal because where you were at the time was significantly mm -hmm. more than that, right? Like you were drinking every day, drinking high volumes, to go yeah. from that to not drinking for three days out of the week and while you were drinking to have one or two less in the times that you were drinking, that's not insignificant. So I think that's a totally realistic goal for people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really that's cool. Like, I think that's, we can talk about this for a minute, but that's what I think is cool about my program is that you get to choose what that looks like. It's not like, I'm like, all right, everybody, this is what you need to do. This is the formula or this is the drink plan that you should all, you know, adhere to or achieve, right? Like you guys really do get to decide what that looks like for yourself. Even yeah. though I know sometimes that's frustrating when you when you're all are like, tell me what to do. Is this realistic? Is this not right? You want to talk about that for yeah. a minute? Yeah. I, I think that that, I think I, I find that very free. 
um, I remember I, you did, a, I think it was a Facebook Live uh, podcast last year around the holidays and had a, you know, go into the holiday season with a, with a doable drink plan. Mm-hmm. And I, um, you kept saying, you get to choose, you get to decide. Um, I remember like one of the, one of those times was, that was one of the moments that clicked for me was, um, we were going to, it was during the holidays, we were going to go next door to my neighbor's house and have a a bonfire and chili and cornbread with her and another neighbor. And normally that situation would be a a huge drink fest. We'd be Mm -hmm. sitting outside and just drinking. And so I had already think, I I think it was maybe like I had said, I wanted to do three days that week with no booze. And then my husband said, um, well, we're going to go next door and we're going to have, you know, uh, the bonfire. And I was like, I got so mad at him. I was like, doesn't he know that I'm, this is like my non-drinking day. Yeah. And I got really mad at him. And I was like thinking about it for like days, like mad at him for that. And then I remember thinking, well, maybe I could ask the neighbor to change the date mm-hmm. of this bonfire to my drinking day. Mm-hmm. And then I thought maybe I'll just cancel and not go. Mm-hmm. Then I finally came that like the little voice in my head said, maybe you could just go and not drink. Mm. And I thought, said to myself, you know, I go over to her house all the time, you know, and don't drink. Like mm-hmm. we'll go over there and visit or we'll do puzzles or we'll whatever chat. And that there's no drinking involved. Why does this have to be any different? So that I told my husband, this is what I'm doing. Went over there. And I think I brought my little, you know, uh, LaCroix ice drinks. And I just, to- I just told both of them. I said, I'm not drinking tonight. And they were like, oh, okay. Like it was no big deal. Like I yeah. made it into this huge, big deal. Yes. And then I had a nice time and um, when it was time to go, we just came home and I was like so proud of myself. And like, I started to build on these little successes Mm -hmm. that made me feel much more confident in myself and much more confident in my ability to honor my commitment to myself, which I had never been able to do before this program. I love that story. I remember you getting coaching or sharing that bonfire thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the way you let yourself have some space to work through that, I think is such a good example. Like clearly you're learning at this time, at at that time for you that like your thoughts are what is driving some of this stuff. Right. So like you were examining and challenging your thoughts, right? At first, your initial response was you're pissed off because it was scheduled during (laughs) one of your non-drinking days. But most people, you know, if they aren't inside the program or they're they're or maybe you even in yourself in the past, they're like, oh, I'll just switch. I'll just make my other uh, non-drinking day later in the week. Right. I'll just drink tonight and then I won't drink the next night. Right. Which we know how what happens when we do that. We never are like follow through. Right. We're just like, fuck it. Right. I'll just start on Monday or something. But you didn't like you honored your drink plan for that, you know, difficult situation in your mind. You were telling yourself it was difficult. And you chose to not do that, which gives you strength, right? It gives you confidence to then, I remember you had another incident too, that it was an incident, but like your husband or something came home and it was yes. like, you, you, you want me to agreed. tell that story? Yeah. Tell that story. You guys okay. agreed not to drink. And then he came home and decided to yeah. drink. Yeah. So it was my first wine-free work week. And um, my husband came home and he had had like some intensive dental procedure and uh, he said, he came in the door and he said, I want a martini. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, I'm not drinking tonight. He's like, well, you know, I don't care. Too bad for you. <laughs> so I'm the martini maker in the family. <laughs> so I'm over there shaking up his martini. 
And I'm just like, all of a sudden, I just like had this, uh, this over, overwhelming urge to have a drink mm-hmm. and only because he was having a drink. And I was like, it was this, it was like this back and forth struggle. And I, and finally I said um, to myself, uh, you know, the little voice comes creeping in again and it's like the Angela voice. And it's like, no, we're not doing that. You said you weren't going to drink this week. So you're not going to drink. And then I said, um, the other one was, um, you know, a part of you on Sunday when you made your drink plan, a part of you wanted to not drink. So you're not doing it. And so I, I was able to just like slide past that urge. And the next day I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I actually did it. And it was like, I was like, I was just amazed that I actually got through that night without drinking. And that was another little stepping stone. I'm like, I felt like I can do this. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah. And uh, so all those little baby steps started adding up. Mm-hmm. And um, should I tell the story about this this weekend? Yeah, tell them. Okay. okay. <laughs> so one of one of the goals that I had um, for the my this six months in the program was I wanted to explore um, a longer period of time drinking. And for me, a longer period of time was seven days. Yeah, I had never in the program so far gone a full weekend without having some planned drinks on. it. It's always been, you know, Friday and Saturday with wine. So I wanted to go seven days. So I got coached on, on <laughs> Wednesday from Angela and she's like, well, what are one of your goals? And so I read it and she said, well, Claire, like, what are you waiting for? Why don't you do it? So she pushed me and pushed me. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll just do it this weekend. And she's like, okay, you got this. So I dreaded, I really dreaded telling my husband when he came home from work. I don't know why. He's always been very supportive. So I said, oh my God, I got to tell you something. And he's like, oh God, what did you do? Did you wreck the car or something? I said, no. He said, I'm I'm not drinking this weekend. He's like, well, why would you want to do that? And I said, well, I got coached. It's one of my goals. I want to go seven days. And this was as good a weekend to do it as any. And so he said, okay, that's fine. He said, but I'm not going to join you. And I said, that's your problem. This is my problem. This is for me to do. And I said, I said, the only thing I ask is that you don't do the little wheedling, cajoling. Oh, one glass of wine won't hurt. Mm-hmm. I said, please, that's not helpful. So he said, okay. So he was very good. So I, um, I am proud to say that I went the seven days with no booze. I went the weekend with not, no booze. Um, I didn't have any grandiose revelations, but I did do a lot of really good journaling. I did do a lot of allowing of uh, a lot of thoughts and feelings. Um, I had to deal with like, you know, thinking it was going to be boring. I had to deal with restlessness. Um, I decided to change my thoughts about the boring and think of what, you know, I could do to make it not boring, which was like make a nice dinner on Saturday. Sunday was one of those days. It was such a beautiful day. It was one of those days. I was out on the back deck going, God, I would really love to have a glass of white wine because it's so beautiful out. And I was like, no, you can enjoy this beautiful day without enhancing anything with wine because it's perfect just as it is. So anyways, um, when I wrote my journal about the experience was it was actually easy. Mm. I think the hardest part for me was making the decision. Yeah. Once I made the decision, I knew that I was going to do it. Yeah. I mean, there was no doubt in my mind when I got off that coaching call that I would do it. 
I love that. Uh, the hardest part, I think, was just telling my husband what I was doing. Yeah, so. and I think too, like when 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 I was coaching you on that, you just had a lot of fear. I think that came up again, like yeah. that you would be bored, right, or that it wouldn't be fun, or like what would you do with yourself over right. on the weekend, right? And just like right. letting yourself verbalize that and explore that out loud when you can kind of hear how you're rationalizing it to yourself when you're when you share those types of thoughts out loud, you can see how kind of ridiculous it sounds right yeah yeah and you're just like well I'm yeah, worried that I'm gonna like, be bored and you're and I'm like and what do you think will happen when you're <laughs> bored <laughs> like it's not like you're gonna die right like and so right. boredom right. is such a huge thing for people right like the fear of being bored we don't even let ourselves be bored but the idea right. of being bored holds so many people back from going in like you did so tell us a little bit about what that boredom was like for you like what happened? Well, um, I, um, I got up on Saturday and I journaled and I was like, ugh, it was like, God, the day, you know, I have to say that the weekend seemed very long mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, what does that mean? Is that, is it long? Good. Is it long? Bad. I'm like, well, it's kind of sort of both. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. It's okay for it to be long, like boring long. It's okay for it to be long. Like, oh my gosh, this weekend, it was so long and it never ended. It was great. And, um, so I said, well, um, I journaled, I was like, well, what can I do to make it not boring? And so I thought, well, I think like maybe I'll make like something interesting for dinner. So mm -hmm. I found some recipe and we went to the store and I got the stuff and I told my husband, I'll take the lead on dinner. So I made this really nice dinner and I just like, um, I just allowed myself to just, you know, just, I guess it's just like be fully present, be fully conscious. Um, it just like, if it's going to be boring, then it can just be boring, mm. you know, just like allow, I don't know how to say it other than just allowing and reveling in the boringness. And then it just kind of sort of dissipates, Yeah, you know, and it just is what it is. It's just like, you know, you're making dinner or you're folding clothes and it's mm -hmm. just becomes this, this, you know, simple act rather than this thing to just be like, Oh, like, like trudge through. Another thing that I I wanted to say that I put in my journal for Saturday was about the boring was mm -hmm. I just want, I just want this day to be over with. And this is like at six in the morning. I just want this day to be over with so I can just get on, you know, with this not drinking over the weekend yeah. thing. I thought, That's terrible. Like what a terrible, like I was like, what a terrible thought. Like, why would you think that? So I had to like work through that. Mm -hmm. and allow that that was another big thing that came up was like you know uh I just want oh I just want this to be over with so I can just get on with you know like next weekend where I can have wine and yeah. I was like okay that's something interesting to explore mm -hmm. I thought I also had to deal with um re feeling restless which it's not my favorite word because it doesn't actually describe how I was feeling but just like I would get antsy, like I want to do stuff. Like I think I told you I'd hurt my back. Mm -hmm. So there was things that I like wanted to do, but I couldn't do physically, mm -hmm. like exercise wise. And I was getting restless about that. I'm like, well, now I can't drink and I can't exercise. And then I started going to this feel sorry for me mode. So I had a lot of stuff, feelings and thoughts that I did a lot of good journaling on over mm -hmm. the weekend, um, which I thought, um, was it was very good it was very insightful yeah um so that was that was good yeah um, i think it's great because you allowed you you put yourself in a unusual situation right you're like i'm not going to drink this weekend and i'm going to see what's in there like if if you yeah. didn't make that goal for yourself this weekend you probably wouldn't have had all of these thoughts to work through 
right? Like you wouldn't have been like, ooh, this, I just want to get through the weekend. Like why? Like why do you want to think about your weekend that way, right? Like so what did you end up thinking? Like you coached yourself basically, right? Yeah. So what yeah. did you well, end up thinking up, about the yeah. weekend? Yeah, I think I ended up um, just thinking, you know, that I didn't want to think like that. I didn't want the weekend to be over with. I mean, gosh, we all like love our weekends. Those of us who don't work on the weekends, we mm -hmm. love our weekends. Um, it, it's like I think I told my husband, it was like, you know, when when you have a lot of when you have a, like something fun that you want to do and you don't have enough time to do it in, you get kind of mad because you really want to spend that time doing it and then other times you've got this whole time open and then you don't have anything to fill it with and then you're mad about that and i'm like why do i feel that i need to fill it fill this time with something which is something i think we've talked about before yeah. like i have to get through the evening yes like without drinking like why do i feel like i need to fill that time with something yeah Can't i just be present, be Let here in the moment, just enjoy what exactly. you're doing in the moment, like recognize yeah. exactly how this is amazing for you in the time. Like I talk about yeah. that getting through thing, like when I'm running, right? So I'm like, oh, I just need to get to that next stop sign. I just need to get through this next hill. And I'm like, yeah. but when I think that way, I'm missing what is actually happening right now, right? right. So like, what is, right. what happened for you right now that you could have missed if you didn't manage your mind that way? Yeah, yeah. Like not slipping in unconsciousness by filling it with stuff. Yeah. Being present. Like I, you know, I don't like the word mindfulness, but a lot of that's the you know buzzword these days. Mm -hmm. But just like being very fully present and just just the smallest things. Like for me, it's like being outside playing with my cats. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to my cup of coffee. You know, like how many people will like if the cats have me up at four thirty in the morning? Like, ooh, I get to have my coffee and I get to journal. Like Angela o'clock, ooh, yeah. this is fun. And like people would think that that's not fun, but I think it's fun. Yeah. Um, and so just these simple things that that you know bring you pleasure because you're just you know fully fully present, fully aware, fully conscious. Um, so uh, that's that. That's what I've been learning and enjoying mm -hmm. over the last year. Mm -hmm. But this past weekend, I think it was even even more so because I had removed that thing that I normally fill that time with. Like, yeah. I think I also mentioned to my husband, like, it, the, and one of the reasons it seemed really long is I didn't have that demarcation of the day mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, it's six o'clock or I get to have my glass of wine. Mm -hmm. It was just, there's no demarcation. It was just the day was there. Yeah, yeah. Without the wine. Yeah, it's so good. I that mean, was interesting. Yeah, I think what you said is really important to kind of dive a little bit deeper about the pleasure that you get just doing those simple things like having your coffee with your cats in the morning and journaling, you know, like those acts alone, if you just think about those actions that you're taking, don't bring you pleasure. It's what you think about what you're doing in those time. Like, oh, I just love this time for myself. Oh, I just love this quiet morning ritual with my journal and my cats and my coffee. Like it's what you think about those things that brings you the pleasure, right? So yeah. if you're drinking and you're drinking regularly, like you're, you're well into, you know, not being an over drinker anymore at, for a while. Right. But like you right. giving yourself an opportunity to experience not drinking on the weekend, you got to reveal Probably yeah. what you were thinking all along, but you didn't realize you were thinking because you were drinking, right? Right. 
So yeah. you got to explore what boredom was like and what a day without these marked timestamps with alcohol was like. And so what do you think now? Like, do you feel more comfortable? Like, would you do it again? I do. Would you like yeah, challenge yourself I, yeah, a little I, bit more? Yeah, I my husband. I'm like, well, okay, I did this. You know, I said I'd like to explore, you know, another longer period of time. Like, to me, that would be like 10 days. Mm. I said uh, maybe explore, you know, not drinking on Sundays, you know. Uh, he's like, oh, okay, oh, okay. He's usually pretty, you know, amenable to, you know, my suggestions. Yeah, yeah. Until he actually, no, I'm not, I don't make him do any of this. Mm-hmm. I just tell him what I'm doing. Yes. So, um, I love that, by but, the way. Like that, that is what I did too with my husband. My husband was also a heavy drinker. And obviously, I influenced him. And like when I'm not drinking, it's probably just not so much fun for him to be drinking. But I would right. verbalize just because I knew, like, if I talked about it, my brain would hear me be like, I'm not doing this. It just reinforces your decision, right? Like you're putting it out there. You're just sharing what you're doing. You're not asking them for anything. They're not asking them to really support yeah. you, except don't offer me the freaking wine this weekend, right? Yeah, but like, please, I just yeah. Said, please don't do that. Yeah, but you're asking for That's what it. you want, right? And you're saying, this is what I'm doing for me. You do you. But yeah. that act yeah. of sharing that with your person, like, is super powerful. And I think it helps be, people be more successful. It's just verbalizing it, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I've never, I never asked him to do any of this with me at all. I, yeah. I believe that, you know, his drinking has reduced just because mine has reduced. But I, you know, when I, you know, I, he drank over the weekend, he drank less than he normally does, but I'm like fine with it. Mm-hmm. And then, yes. And the answer to your question, like, yes, it's, I, I, I'm like looking back going, I don't know why this was such a big deal for me to even mm-hmm. like do this. I, like you said, I was scared. I was scared to commit. I'm like, I was like thinking I was going to do it like sometime in January, but you're like, Claire, when are you going to do this? And I was like, okay, I'll just do it this weekend. Oh, all right. And, um, uh, and you know, it it was fine. It was easy. It wasn't hard. Mm -hmm. You know, I did have to like, you know, I didn't have, I honestly didn't have any like urges for alcohol, but it was just the other thoughts and feelings I had to work through. Yeah. So boredom, restless, you know, wanting to make something feel more special. Um, Yeah. So, uh, it was, it was interesting. Um, and I enjoyed it. I love it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. All right. So tell us about like, you talked a little bit about your, what your goals were when you first started the program. So tell, Mm -hmm. tell them about like how that's evolved over time. So you, you successfully got to not drinking three days a week and just less quantities of alcohol on the days that you are drinking. And then that shifted a little bit more like your second round did you do consistent wine-free work weeks? Was that what it was? Yeah, I know my my six-month goal was a, a month of wine-free work weeks, mm-hmm. which was interesting because, you know, and I did tell my husband that. Now, he did, he did do that with me. The first two weeks were fine, but the last two weeks I was, like, struggling with the, remember the dry desert road ahead? Yes. You know, image that I had, and you were like, that sounds terrible. I changed that thought right now. <laughs> That's what you told me. <laughs> and uh, so I did. I did. But yeah, and I, I do try try to do um, um, uh, like a, maybe like two wine free work weeks um, a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so my reduction in alcohol. So I, let's say I was drinking like uh, six days a week mm-hmm. in the before times, probably during the week. 
three or four glasses of wine on the weekends, five, six, seven. I was probably at 30 to 35 drinks a week. Yeah. And now I'm at like three, maybe four days a week. Mm -hmm. And as you know, I'm working on my two glasses of wine. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I might have two and a half, but two. And And it has taken me a long time to even get there. So a long time by, I mean, like a year. Because yeah. I can remember when it was four, and then we I was pushing it to three. I wanted to get down to three, and then I had all those thoughts about three not being enough. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at two, and so now I'm, like, you know, working on the two not being enough and, like, dealing with all those thoughts and emotions that come up after that last glass of wine. Yeah. Um, so... So what do you want to say to it's people little, who think it's hard? Like you are, you are a perfect example of somebody who has successfully reduced how much they're drinking without quitting. Like a lot of times we hear, you hear in the group, right? We're like, oh, it just seems easier to not drink. But like what yeah. kind of commitment and what kind of work do you feel like you have been so good about doing so that you do have a, you maintain a relationship with alcohol that's good for you? Um, I... I think it's important to know that um, I, I do believe it is easier if you just take wine off the table because that's what happened this weekend when I knew that there was no wine involved. It stopped the chatter 100%. Mm-hmm. So I know for me, I never wanted to quit drinking 100%. I still you know, plan my drinks. I do my drink plan every week. Um, I, I mindfully and purposefully enjoy my wine. I don't just come home you know, from a bad day and just drink. Mm -hmm. I don't drink from happiness or any emotion. So that's off the table. Mm -hmm. The emotional drinking is off the table. Um, I do realize that, you know, and it might even be for the rest of my life that I have to be very mindful and conscious when I am drinking. And then it's, you know, I still sometimes will see and feel and hear those, you know, thoughts coming in you know, the same shit, it's not going to be enough. Or, um, uh, you know, oh, you can have one more, or what difference does it make? Mm-hmm. All the little thoughts that, you know, have always been there, mm-hmm. that I'm still like, you know, working at just allowing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're still there to some extent. But now I just know that I have to just, you know, I just have that conversation with them in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you said you wanted to have two glasses of wine. You said at the beginning of the week, two was going to be enough. So that's what we're doing. Or, you know, you, you know, you think it doesn't matter, but you know, it does matter because, you know, you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to know that, you know, you didn't follow your drink plan. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to, you're going to feel like shit for a lot longer mm. than it was to actually have that drink. How long is that glass of wine going to last you? 30 minutes and then you're going to beat yourself yeah. up for a full day. Yeah. Then you'd have to do your evaluation. <laughs> then you're going to have to move on, you know? And so I think it's, you know, I just know that I, I have to do a lot of allowing of the feelings mm-hmm. and the thoughts mm-hmm. still, even after a year in the program, like yeah. I think some people might have to deal with that, but I do. I think that that's actually very realistic. I think that if you want to have alcohol in your life, you can't go blank. You can't just check out. Right. Like you're you need to stay conscious and aware of what happens when you start drinking in your head. Right. Like your brain is going to say, oh, it doesn't matter. One more drink is going to what what 
It doesn't matter. It's not going to hurt. Who cares? Right? Especially when you start adding on like after the second glass and after the third glass, that just keeps getting louder. Right. So for you and for anybody who's done this work, especially if you've had many, many years of over drinking, those thought loops are very ingrained. And so to keep the relationship with alcohol, it does take consciousness. It does take awareness and it does take managing some of those thoughts, but not really getting upset with them. Not like getting frustrated that they're still there. You're just like, yeah, of course, you know, this is just my brain wanting more pleasure, wanting more, another hit, right? Like, so when you can tap into that, knowing and trust with yourself that you've built up so beautifully over this time period, like, you know, like if you just have that conversation with yourself, yeah, it's a little uncomfortable, but it's so much better than what it feels like the next day. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I'm. I accept that that might be how it's going to be, but yeah. I'm okay with that because I know that I, you know, I have the, I have the tools. Yeah. Um, one of the things I did want to share was, I, I know you probably remember this, you know, the issues I had with the, the white wine or leaving the white wine in the fridge. Yes. But I couldn't leave. I could not leave a glass of white wine in the bottle in the fridge. It was like pouring it into smaller glasses, smaller <laughs> bottles, hiding it up in the closet. You're like, oh, that's like way too much work. <laughs> Didn't I tell you to just pour it down the drain or something? Yeah, one of them you said just pour it down the drain. I was like, oh, I can't do that. And then you're like, you know, you're just going to have to manage your thoughts. That's just so much work. You're just all this crap you're doing with the hiding the wine. And I have to say, I can now leave wine, white wine. I don't have a problem with the red wine. The white wine, I can leave a half a bottle in the fridge. I can leave a glass in the fridge. I can leave a sploosh in the fridge. And it's, it's fine. I it doesn't that. even bother me anymore. What are your thoughts about it now? I, I, you know, I don't care. I used to get kind of sort of like panicky. Like I've got to have, it's not enough to say, like, I don't want to save it. It's not enough to save. Might as well just drink it. Um, And my thoughts about it now are like, I don't really care if I want to have a glass of wine. Um, I'll plan for it tomorrow or I'll plan for it on my planned drink day and I'll have like a nice glass of wine. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be that particular glass of wine. I can always like go to the store and get another bottle of that wine. Um, it, you know, if my husband drinks it, I'm like, okay, so he drank the wine. So it's just like, it doesn't, it just doesn't have that same, uh, it bothers some, there's just not that mind chatter around it anymore. And that was huge. That, that was huge. That white wine in the fridge thing was like a big deal for me. Yeah. Like, I love it. Don't you... you mess with my white wine. I know. And like, <laughs> and then, then like, what if somebody took it or got ruined or left out? Like or somebody took it or somebody yeah. drank it. Oh my God. It was like, there was hell to pay over that, you know? Yeah. And now it's like, okay, I don't care. I don't care if it's there. I don't care if it's not there. I don't care if it's what, whatever it, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Which so. may not seem like a big deal, but I totally like resonate with that so much because that was like a pain point. That's not having freedom around alcohol, right? Like that's an obsessive type. Oh my gosh, what am I yeah. going to do this thing? Overthinking a half a bottle, a glass, whatever it is. And to not have that take up space in your head is huge, right? Like you're thinking about other things that have way more importance in your life, I'm guessing, <laughs> than like yeah. this glass yeah. of wine. Yeah. Yeah, this glass of wine that's kicking around on the bottom of the fridge. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So good. What else has yeah. improved in your life besides reducing, which is huge, but besides reducing how much you're drinking and stuff and following through on your commitments? What other things have improved for you? Um, 
I definitely, I'm, I'm going to say my, well, my relationship with my husband, um, other relationships in my life, I feel like I, I'm um, very, uh, like more accepting mm. or calm. Um, my job, I feel, I mean, I haven't, like, not like I got a raise or a promotion or anything, but I just feel like my, my job and relationships at my job are better. Mm. I definitely feel, um, a lot more calm, a lot more present, um, a lot more, um, joy mm. that, you know, like more positive feelings like that. Let me see, cause I wrote it down. Um, I'm a lot more allowing and a lot more accepting. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, just, I think really just for me, one of the big things is just like my ability to just be present with, with anything, with any like crappy day, you know, like shitty things somebody did to me or said to me, um, having to deal with like people at work. Mm -hmm. Um, as you know, you coached me on some woman that I, you know, that, you know, is a direct report to me having to do reviews with her, having to do performance improvement plans. You coached me on how to manage that, which was huge. Mm -hmm. So, um, so those are some of the things that, that just come to mind for me right off the bat. Yeah. Just uh, definitely calm, present, allowing mm -hmm. peace, mm. a lot more peace with yeah. just the way things are. I think one of the, one of the emails you sent out, I guess it was about the holidays, about the holidays being good and bad and it's okay. I think that's huge. I think that's a, a huge message. And, and just about life in general, life is good. Life is bad. Life is both. And that you accept that and yeah. this is my word for december embrace Ooh, my word for december i love my it. word for november was adventure my word for december is embrace so you embrace that it's, it's both it's good and bad yeah and it's okay yeah i love it do you feel like you're like less reactive to things yes i do yeah absolutely i think that's just like being with it acknowledging it you know tell me about like your emotions like before this work and like really understanding what your emotions were and what your those emotions drove the behaviors that you would take like what do you think the difference is now like do you feel like your vocabulary is better with your emotions you're able to identify your feelings more and understand yourself a little bit more and like is that that awareness and acceptance I think it's more just about uh, just about being able to identify what those feelings are, mm. you know, know that it's okay to have them. Mm -hmm. That's perfectly fine, you know, to be irritated, you know, you know, you're allowed to be angry, you're allowed to be irritated, but just, just really just allowing them, I think has been, has been helpful. Um, so I don't think it was, I, yeah, I don't think it's like the, exactly the vocabulary around it, but I just think it's more of just the allowing and just knowing that it's just part of um, just being a human. Yeah. You know, yeah. Somebody will say the word, the human experience. I don't really, I don't, I don't really like that term, but yeah. I, I understand what it means now. Yes. Um, that it is, you know, like I, I can remember when you first said, you know, you're you're not supposed to be happy 100% of the time. I was like, well, that just sucks. Yeah, I want to be happy 100% <laughs> of the time. And then I do have to say, I think, you know, in doing this work that I am more aware, and this isn't a bad thing, but I'm more aware of that 50% happiness, 50% like 
dissatisfied part. Yeah. And I'm okay with it. I think I'm, I think I was like faking the mm. happiness yeah. part of it in the before times. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, that's just what you do. You're just, you know, why you should be happy. Everything should be happy. I want to be happy. Everybody should be happy. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, you know, if this person's not happy, that's their problem. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm got, I've got to just work on me. Or if this isn't, you know, this is a crappy thing that happened. It's just like, you know, just allowing that just to be what it is, yes. is huge. Yes. Yeah. I really want to teach a class called How to Human. And my idea is just like, nobody teaches us that we have all these emotions and that they're not a problem, right? We're just, our society tells us that we have to fix it or get out of it or escape it. Or the main purpose in life is just to be happy, do what makes you happy. And it's like, happiness is like one of a hundred, right? Like it's one small aspect of being alive and being a human. And I just think that is so important for everybody to understand. Just notice your feelings recognize them, know that they're not a problem and that this is just a part of it. You don't have to fix anything, like just be so good. Yeah. 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 So what do you want to tell yeah. people? I mean, like I would... maybe, maybe they're on the fence about joining the program or diving into doing this work. I think a lot of people are scared of the work. Like when I talk about, we get to the root of why you're over drinking <laughs> and they're like, fuck that. <laughs> like, I just want to stop. I just want to not drink so much, but they're not willing to like do what you're doing. What do you want to tell those right. people? Right. Well, I did have to say, like, I I used to be so fascinated by people that didn't actually drink. Mm-hmm. Like, they would, like, maybe drink a little bit, but they it wasn't part of their daily experience. Mm-hmm. I was just, like, so fascinated by it. Like, how? What do you do? You know, like, what do you do with your time? What do you do when you go out to dinner? It, it was just fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, now I can go out to dinner with my husband and have one glass of wine. Not, you know, one before, two at the restaurant, two when I get home, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm becoming one of these people who can like go to a restaurant and have one glass of wine or go to a social event and not even drink and be okay, you know. Um, But anyway, so um, what I I want people to know is um, uh, that uh, this is going to sound so trite, but if I can do it. You can do it. Thank you. No, I, I swear to God. I swear. Yeah. I have to say, I think the be- one of the best aspects of this program is that it's a safe space. You can say what you need to say. Nobody's going to judge you. And I swear to God, I thought that I was like the only person out there that had this going on in their life. The planning how much I was going to drink that night over drinking, waking up the next day, counting how many drinks I had, vowing that I was never going to, like, never going to do it again, but that I wouldn't, you know, do it. And today was the day I was going to, like, get it under control. And I just needed more willpower. Mm. That endless loop, I thought I was the only one. Mm. And I, I'm not. Yeah. And that's very, it's, it was very comforting to me to say, to see that other women are going through the same thing. Yeah. And it's very common and it's nothing to really be ashamed of because again, it's not about the alcohol. Yeah. It's about your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I don't think that the work is, is hard. I think it's not hard. It's not like it's a test, but it does take dedication to get inside your mind. If you've never journaled and you never got dug around inside your mind 
And it's like, there's people out there that like can't identify feelings, which I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know, and you can't identify feelings, then you might find that part of it hard, or journaling hard, or just wanting to go into those places that you've never gone before, Mm -hmm. that might be hard, but it's not really hard. It's just setting aside the time to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Setting, you know, being vulnerable enough to be coached. Yeah. um, And, you know, listening to the, you know, listening to podcasts are very helpful. Listening to the coaching calls are very helpful. Getting coached by you is extremely helpful. I never know. I never know what's (laughs) going to be the outcome when I get coached. I never knew that last Wednesday I was going to say, okay, I'm going to go for seven days without drinking. Oh my gosh. Um, What did you come on that coaching call with? Did you have a topic you wanted to be coached on where you're just like, oh, I haven't been coached in a while. I don't remember. I I really, I think it was. Oh, I remember. Booted off the board and I didn't have any goals. And I was just like, yeah, you were feeling like you were feeling like you were like unfulfilled a little bit. You didn't really know what's next. You didn't feel like you were doing enough challenges or something like that. And then I was like, what are your goals right now, Claire? Yeah. And you're like, fuck, now I got to tell you my goals. (laughs) (laughs) And then you ended up like, it's, I love that though. Like it, it, you, it can go in any direction, right? Like a lot of people think that they need to have something to be coached on specifically, but like we can always dig it out and find it. And it's just, look at what you put yourself in the room. You raised your hand, said, I need coaching. I'm not really sure what for, there was some things with the board and how you're feeling about your goals and stuff. But like, look at what you got to accomplish because you were willing to come, right? Like you were willing to say yes and trusted me right enough to like help guide you through that (laughs) yeah yes yeah that was quite interesting yeah I'm so proud of you but here I am on the other side and I'm like uh that wasn't that big of a deal yeah and now now, like don't you think it increases your threshold to like go bigger try something more challenging because you got your feet wet with that one yeah so that's another like I can say okay there's another baby step where I was successful Mm -hmm. and um and you know I I have I have to say you know one of the one of the biggest things again for me was learning to uh, honor my commitment to myself that was huge mm-hmm. huge and so yeah maybe I six months ago you you wouldn't even have thought to take a seven day break no. because you were no. still working through that right but like if you hadn't done that work before the past year your capacity for thinking bigger wouldn't even have been there does that make sense yeah yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, in the program, I mean, everybody's got a different goal. Some women want to quit completely. Some Mm -hmm. uh, like me, I want to keep alcohol in my life. Um, I know what I need to do to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Some women just want to take, you know, a break Mm -hmm. 30 days or 10 days or just, you know, something. Um, Everybody's different. And I love the fact that we all get to decide. And and like you say, it's it's not any more virtuous to not drink than it is to drink. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make you a better person. Um, yeah. And uh, and you know everybody has their own journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this has been my journey, and I know it's been perfect for me. Um, I, I know there that. were times when I was like, I'm not further enough along. And then you're like, no, you sounds like you're right where you need to be. Yeah. You've like, come okay. so far. You've come so far. Like, it's so good. Your commitment to everything has been profound. Like, the, I think when I look back at you, like why you're so successful is that you get coaching regularly. You're right. constantly, like, you make the goals 
like even to you, they might seem small, but you are constantly working towards them. So you set goals, you take actions to meet them, you get coaching regularly, you do the regular work inside the workbooks, regular journaling, setting aside that time to evaluate yourself. If you do have an overdrink, you're definitely evaluating that and learning from that, right? So that you can go on. Like, talk to them about that just for a minute. Like, you've had not been successful in certain aspects, right? Like you have sometimes had an extra sploosh or an extra glass or had an overdrink in this process, but you're still here. Like we would term very successful. Talk about that for a second. Yeah. Um, I do make a drink plan every week. I still do that. Um, I probably will always do that. Um, I do think it's, you're right that you need to write it down and get it on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to not change my drink plan once I've set it in once I've set it down, I tried to think like what's going on that weekend. Usually it's the same thing. We don't go out very often. Um, but anyway, um, I've been very successful on when I say that I'm not going to drink, I don't drink. Mm-hmm. So in that aspect, I've been very successful. But um, it's much more difficult, as we talked about, on the planned drinking days, mm-hmm. um, about, you know, not sticking to the plan because of, you know, my thoughts about what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, for me now, it, an overdrink is like one glass of wine, or maybe before it would have been two, mm-hmm. maybe three, I don't know. Um, but it's one glass, you know, maybe one glass of wine, maybe it's even a half a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. And then I definitely do not beat myself up anymore about mm-hmm. it. I don't go like what a horrible person I am. I'm such, I never tell myself that. I don't tell myself I'm a loser. I'm a horrible person. Um, I do the evaluation. I know, you know, exactly the thought that was going on or the thoughts that might have been going on at the time. And I just know that I have to be really aware because I seem to have the same thoughts <laughs> that put me an overdrink. It's not like it's anything new. It's right. not some new thought that happens. Yeah. And just be, you know, and I just, you know, have to be aware of that. But um, I do the evaluation and, you know, and I just move on and I don't, I don't let it, you know, define, you know, my day or my week or who I am as a person. Yeah. Or or the past success that you've had, right? Like a lot of times when people have a failure or they have an overdrink, they're like, I'm undoing all the work that I've done and blah, blah, blah. Right. But you are like, no, we're not doing that. This is what happened. These are the thoughts I'm moving on. And I think that's just so, it may not sound impactful, but I do think that that's why you have been successful, even though there might be a half a glass more or an additional glass more than you wanted to. That doesn't mean anything. You're not making it mean anything. You're just like, Oh, I'm learning. Yeah. Right. And you learn something, you get some gold out of that experience that you can apply and stay conscious of the next time you're drinking. Yes. Yeah. So good. So it's not perfection, right? Like it's progress. No. Yeah. It's the, what is it? The B minus work. Yeah. Yeah. So good. All right. Any final comments, suggestions, thoughts for the people listening? If they're on the fence, thinking about joining, um, what do you want to tell them? Um, I would say, yeah, if you're on the fence, if you're not sure, uh, honestly, I would just say I would do it. I would dive in. I would at least give it six months, Mm. like at least one round. I mean, there's a reason why this is six months. Um, It's a lot more than you'll, you'll discover a lot more about yourself than the non-drinking 
part of it, which is it's all just extra bonus, fabulous stuff that you'll figure out about yourself. And yes, you too can be a badass <laughs> motherfucker. Can I say that on the podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. And I'm going to wear my visor. Yes, you got the you visor. I got my visor. And I'm like, because I love visors. And I'm I know. like, if anybody asked me, like, in the before times, I'd be like, if anybody asked me what the SOSDL stood for, I'd be like, I don't want to say that I'm an overdrinker. And now I'm like, hey, man, it stands for stop overdrinking and start living. And on the back, it says, I'm a badass motherfucker. And I don't <laughs> care. I'm so glad. Oh, my gosh. So for those of you that don't know, I have... Um, swag now and so i ordered these visors and hats that say sodsl stop over drinking and start living and it's kind of like this internal knowing right like i for people in the program and you since you're a senior vip and svip now mean meaning your third round um you got a visor and on the back it says hashtag bamf which is another what like claire said badass mfer that's we use that to highlight amazing success and contributions inside the program it's super fun so i'm glad you like it and i'm glad that you're not ashamed of that steph was here steph who is another coach inside the program who you know um, we had an in-person retreat for the original vips and she was wearing that hat out on a hike and some guy's like what's that mean she's like it means stop over drinking and start living and this is the living part we were out hiking at like 7 30 in the morning and i was like damn like you are amazing like i don't even know if i would be like that open about it right like it was just yeah. it was just so cool to, to witness that so i'm glad that you feel the same way about it it's yeah. so cool i mean like before i'd be like uh and now i'm like i don't care because it's true yeah. it's you know start you know start living start yeah. living your life so fun thank you so much claire i can't wait for this to be out to the world we'll talk to you soon thank you for helping me get two of my goals in one week you are so welcome, my friend. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Claire, for coming on the podcast. Your story will be an inspiration for so many people. And y'all, if you want to be like Claire, now's your chance. Click through to the show notes, click on the application link, watch the three videos where I explain the program, all the details of the program, and then you can apply to join the exact same program that Claire is in and be surrounded by people who are doing this with you, who have had success inside the program and give yourself this opportunity. We're about ready to cross over into a new year. There's not a better time to invest into yourself than right now. I believe in you. And just like Claire said, if she can do it, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. And I would be so honored to have you on the podcast and be the next Claire or any of the other testimonials that we have. I love you all so much. Really consider doing this for yourself. I can't wait to see who joins me. Talk soon. Didn't we